The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. We have got an emergency podcast. It is Monday afternoon, drifting into Monday evening here. We are going off the court news. The NCAA tournament's outrageously fun, and it was a <laughs> it was a whirlwind six days on the court. Off the court, the sport has been brewing, bubbling, buzzing, and we had some coronations happen on Monday in the Big East. I am Matt Norlander. I am I'm doing this solo because Gary Parrish is flying back home as we speak, and we did not want to have you wait too much longer for an emergency pod. As a reminder, on Tuesday, we will be doing a Sweet 16 look ahead to the eight tremendous matchups we have awaiting us in the regional semifinals across the country on Thursday and Friday. But let's talk coaching hires because uh, we got two just humongous ones. They didn't drop out of nowhere. This was this was something that was building and building as, uh, as the weekend moved on and we got into Monday. Rick Pitino is leaving Iona to be the head coach at St. John's. And then Ed Cooley is leaving Providence to be Georgetown. Those two developments happened in reverse. Cooley agreed to, to Georgetown about, I mean, I'm losing all concept of, of space and time right now. Uh, I, I think Cooley agreed to Georgetown 90 minutes before um, Patino agreed to, uh, to St. John's, but uh, it's done. Both, both Big East moves, and I will start on Patino. He's the bigger name. Um, it's not the bigger job, but it is as good of a hire as we are going to see in this cycle. Uh, I'll give my analysis uh, on the tail end of this, but uh, real quick, just the backstory on on all of this and how we even got to this point. Uh, you know, Rick Patino, who I sat down with, uh, it's been six, maybe not even six weeks. <laughs> Again, space, time, they're constructs. Where are we? Who are we? What is this? And Patino went on the record and was willing to talk about you know what why he would leave what would what would draw him to leave and i got i came away from that interview thinking he probably is going to leave iona now in the story he said i don't think i'll leave and here's why etc cetera, etc cetera. but as iona continued to win and make the push to the NCAA tournament it just seemed inevitable that he was going to be courted and courted. He was now Georgetown did not 
put a call in for Rick Pitino, which to me is malpracticed by that university, but whatever, it's their, it's their right to do so. And hell, we might look up in three years and Cooley's got Georgetown in a way better spot than Patino has St. John's. That is totally something that could be on the table there. Um, in the past couple of weeks, uh, St. John's president, Father Shanley, has put in the work to make sure something could be done. And once Iona was knocked out of the tournament on Friday in Albany, where I was, you know, it was just a matter of getting him to campus. And on, on just a, a note on being at Albany and watching UConn and um, play Iona and then Iona losing, Patino does his press conference. He was he was good with it. Like he 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 handled it pretty well. Uh, and he had talked about St. John's before that. Um, but he gets done the press conference. He walks off the dais and then it's probably about a, I don't know, 200 pace walk from the press conference area back to the Iona locker room. Rick Pitino. I won't say he was running. He was speed walking to a level I did not know was possible. And as he's doing it, cause I was going to try and get him win or lose on HQ just to talk about the game the season one question on his future. And there was some hope that maybe we'd be able to do that. But in the moment, once it happens and then you see a TV cameras and just like a horde of, I don't know, 15 or so media trailing in Patino's wake as he's making a beeline for the locker room. Um, he politely declined. I completely understand why he did. And uh, as was his right to do there. And also it would have been, he would have had to stop on his way to the locker room. I did this with Larenega on Sunday night. So I interviewed Larenega after he won. And he, and he stopped, but then there's like, we had like an audience of like 20 people watching me interview Larenega on HQ. So it makes for a, a little bit of like a, a, a little theater presence there. So it would have been, if he had stopped with me, then, then they, the entire media contingent there could have boxed him out from literally getting to the locker room. So he went, got, uh, you know, went back to the locker room, didn't take any more questions after he talked to the press conference, met with St. John's on Sunday. They went over the terms of all that. And, uh, hey, this is real time. I'm getting another call. I'm not going to take this, but I'm getting a call. I, unbelievable. I knew this might happen. I almost said this off the top. I will not take this call, but it is a, it is a candidate at a potential, a potential job there. I don't mean to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to say that in real time. I actually thought it might bleed through on the, uh, on the audio, but it's not. Um, so, yeah. So, Patino, it, it wasn't so much about the years or about the money. It was, can I get a good salary pool? How are we going to fix the facilities? A lot of it was, frankly, what he did when he went to Iona, took the Iona job, got there, saw things that needed major upgrades. Iona committed. They made it happen. And because of that, he got the job and he brought it to a place where Iona you know, needed to be to continue to, you know, to be relevant atop the Mac, and he got it done. Um, went to bed Sunday. Probably knowing he was going to take the St. John's job, the offer was out there. He had not signed anything. Uh, woke up on Monday, got things in order. They had to figure out further terms of the contract and make sure everything w- that we're asking for is is in here. As all of this is going on, you know, Providence is where he coached before. And when I left that meeting with Patino back in February, I kind of thought, well, all things being equal, if you if you offered him Providence or St. John's, I think he would take Providence. Um, but the timeline was weird. St. John's credit to them. They got, they got it. They got it done. They got it done in order and they were made sure that they were well positioned. And so on Monday afternoon, Rick Pitino agreed to a six year deal to coach St. John's. I'm told it's in the neighborhood of about 20 million overall. Obviously there will be incentives and all of that. Um, 
as well. If, by the way, if anyone watching, this is a random Monday afternoon emergency pod live on YouTube. Continue to subscribe. We appreciate you. If you've got a question, I'll try and get to it. I'm not going to linger too, too long here, but if there's a, if there's a question or two, I might get to it before the end of the show. The hire is undeniably a great one. Rick Pitino has succeeded everywhere. He's been at the college level. Um, you could argue that the Celtic stuff was the hiccup there, but he was coach and GM. So that was problematic. Uh, it, this should probably work, but if St. John's is viable, this is the last, this is the last stop. All right. Hasn't won a tournament game since 2000. Hasn't gotten to the final, the semifinals of the biggest tournament, a Friday night game in the garden since 2000. And while there has been some encouraging seasons over the years, St. John's has not been in the thick of the, national conversation for college basketball uh, for more than two decades. It gets Rick Pitino and instantly reinvigorates its program, its viability, its relevance. And you do this so that a year from now on March 20th, 2024, we're maybe talking about St. John's having gotten to the tournament. It might take more than a year, but in the portal era and the NIL era, the NIL package, by the way, is another thing that I was told was a significant deal for Pitino. They need to know that they can bring players two queens to be able to flip this thing around there. I think it will work. He is 70, but he's, he, I mean, he's raring to go. He is, he is not. I, I just don't see a situation where Patino isn't still at St. I mean, I guess I can see it. I just don't expect it to happen where we're going to look up and say 2027. He's still not going to be there. Um, I think that this has the potential to bring St. John's to a level of interest and intrigue that we have not seen at that university since the 1980s. Because if Patino can get St. John's good, it will bring people to the garden. It will bring more media. It will bring the fans. It will bring more prominent television slots. Just everything that comes with it. You know, sitting there watching UConn play Iona in Albany on Friday, and you look across the way, and on one side, you got Connecticut and those sweet, just make them permanent, those throwback uniforms, and you got Dan Hurley, and he's, Losing his mind. And on the other side, you got Rick Patino, who is dialed. I mean, he is dialed in. The, it looks as invested once the ball goes up and we're playing 40 minutes now as he did 20 years ago. He just has not lost a step. And you just there was this and there was this buzz, excitement. Didn't didn't hurt that for the first half. That was just the, the best first half we've had in the tournament so far. And he's gonna bring that to to Queens. He's going to bring it to Madison Square Garden and we'll wait and see on what other players get in the portal. But you got to figure he's that Patino should be able to minimally land one of the 10 to 15 best players that's going to go in the transfer portal in this cycle. I mean, minimally. If I'm a... And listen, I'm no, I'm no college D1 player, but if I am, and now I see Rick Patino's in the Big East. He's at St. John's. It's New York City. I know what he's done. He's won national championships at Kentucky and at Louisville. He's made Final Fours at three different schools. He's won in Greece. He's won in the NBA. He's won in college. Why am I not going to play for Rick Pitino? I, that's going to happen. So uh, uh, a magnificent hire by St. John's. They get it done. Pitino doesn't have to move, which I also think is a factor. He gets to keep his house at Wingfoot, and, uh, and, the, and the commute might be a little bit longer. I imagine they actually are going to have him in quite a nice... He had another tiny little abode right there on campus at Iona. If he had that... I have to believe that St. John's is going to hook the man up with some with some nice living quarters so he's not necessarily always making that drive and he'll have a nice uh, secondary residence as well. Um, 
yeah, I just can't see, I can't wait to see what happens with St. John's. He Patino can get this team back to the NCAA tournament in a year, provided that the roster can flip. And even if that doesn't happen, I think a reasonable expectation is year two, year three, you get him there. But that being said, the Big East is is just absolutely loaded uh, on all of that. Before I go to Cooley, it is just me hosting, but I, I'll queue up Nada real quick. Nada, is there anything tied to the Patino job in St. John's that either uh, you want me to address or just you think the, uh, a main question that I haven't touched on so far here before we get to the Cooley stuff with Georgetown? I think you've covered most of it. I Again, it's just uh, the biggest question I had was probably just the recruiting side of it, but transfer portal wise, the way you made it, it makes sense now that for that. So that was my one question potentially with Patino going to St. John's, but if that's going to be handled, then yeah, I'm good. Uh, Patino is going to be introduced as he should be Tuesday at Madison square garden at noon Eastern. That was also the reason why this needed to get done by Monday. They don't have the garden available to them on Wednesday. The NCAA tournament stuff is going to happen at the garden and all the NCAA, uh, day before media availability, the garden is going on Thursday. So they had to get this done today in order to make it turn around and get it done for Tuesday. Uh, congrats to St. John's, uh, their athletic director, Mike Craig helped get this done as well. But, uh, but the president from what I understand was the one that was really driving this for weeks and weeks and they make it happen. Meantime, uh, there is a, there is an opening now at Providence because Cooley goes to Georgetown and Georgetown fills it. And this had been building like even before Providence played his tournament game and tournament loss against Kentucky on Friday. You know, Cooley afterward was as about as forthcoming as he possibly could be. More and more people got the sense this this went from a situation where people thought. Ed Cooley's just not going to leave Providence. He grew up in the city. He grew up uh, someone with not great means, had spoken so often about how Providence was his dream job. And I mean, he's told it to me and he's told it to plenty of others, like in casual conversation on the record, uh, Ed Cooley like genuinely believes he's one of the luckiest human beings in the world because of where he has landed. You're telling me I get to be the head coach at Providence. This is me. They're paying me to do this. That is his mindset. Uh, that said, he holds the late, great John Thompson Jr. in such high regard. Um, Georgetown did come at with him with a very, very big offer. Um, seven years, eight years. Actually, don't know if I have that. It's something. It's, it's, I think it's one of the two. Um, significant money. And... I, th- you know, Cooley met with his family on Monday morning. They went over a bunch of stuff. I actually, this is my reading on the situation. I think though this was his decision. I believe that others around Ed Cooley were the ones that helped him get this past the finish line and, and had him deciding to go. It is unusual, obviously for someone to leave a job like Cooley didn't go to Providence. He's not an alum, but he's from there. And that is, you know, he was the favorite son um, to leave that for an intra-conference opponent and a different job. And it's not unprecedented. It's just very rare. It's different than Beard leaving from tech to go to Texas. That's his Texas is the better job. It's the biggest school in the, in the conference. And he went to school there. He went to UT. Uh, this isn't that. All things being equal, Georgetown is the better job than Providence, and you won't get many people that would say otherwise. So Cooley ultimately decided that you know that he, he needed to try this. You know, he's fifty three years old, and Cooley has told me on record multiple times, you know, 
I think I mentioned this on a recent pod, but he has said, uh, Matt, if you see me coaching, uh, no, actually one time it was when he was recruiting. I think it was Peach Jam. He's like, if you see me in, if you see me in this gym and I'm 63 years old, I want you, I want you to like, I think he's, I think I'm going to clean this up for the pod. I'm not going to go Drew Timmy, but I think he basically said, you can come knee me in the groin. If you see me here, you know, that, that kind of deal. And that was a couple of years ago. So basically a dozen years from now, if you see me in this place, like throw, throw my ass the hell out of this gym. So we will see though. Coaches say that all the time, but Cooley insists. So I don't think this is a hire that he thinks he's going to be at for 15 years, but that's fine. If it's not, I mean, if, even if it's only for six, seven, eight, nine years, um, if he can bring Georgetown back to a place where it is ranked, where it is making the NCAA tournament every single season, like that's it. And I think there's an opportunity here for Ed Cooley to have changed the direction and trajectory of two programs that on some level, I think is an understandable ego driven decision, which isn't to say that Ed Cooley has a huge ego. Cause I don't think Ed Cooley has a huge ego, but I can understand the appeal of that, particularly because it's Georgetown. And I think it could only be Georgetown, even though it's also in the Big East, to, for him to have this shot, man, it's, I, I tell you what, the only better hire might have arguably been Rick Pitino for Georgetown. Shy of that, Cooley right now makes a lot of sense. Now, he's going to have to do it. Like, he built Providence. He had it humming, using the portal. Georgetown is going to take work, and a lot of work. It is not going, to me, Patino flipping St. John's is a little bit, it's a little bit lighter of a load to me than Cooley flipping Georgetown, even though, in my opinion, Georgetown's the better job with the better, with better factors surrounding both the program from the outside looking in and from the actual inside. But both programs have been broken. They've been mired in irrelevance there. And we'll see. I'd love to see both of these coaches thrive. And the Big East right now is on fire. I mean, you've got Patino at St. John's. You've got Cooley at Georgetown. We'll wait and see on what Providence does. I've got a few questions here in the chat. We can get to that before we get out of here. Oh, by the way, UConn might have looked better than any team through the first weekend of the tournament. Creighton, which your boy has. Sweet 16, that's right. Creighton looking damn good in a regional semi. Xavier as well after getting scared by who do you who? Kennesaw State. They survived that. Then they uh, they blow past Pitt. Three Big East teams in the Sweet 16. You got these two hirings and another one from Providence. It is This is amounted to one of the best weeks for the Big East, basically since Villanova won the national title in 2018. That 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 is where the, the... And you can say it's even better because you've got these really noisy, impressive hirings that have been made. You got multiple teams into the second weekend. Sean Miller was just hired a year ago. Look how that's, look how that's working out. Creighton right now on the precipice of doing what's never done before, making an elite eight and making a run. UConn is, as I wrote for .com on Sunday night from Albany, UConn's back like all the way. You get to a sweet 16, you get back there for the first time in nine years for the conference overall, the big East, the vibes couldn't be more incredible than they are right now. So uh, I'll tell you what, from a media perspective on these two hirings, like I'll, I'll be, I will be driven and wanting to go to more St. John's games to go down. I've never been to Carnesec arena because there's never a reason to go. Maybe finally next year, like I'll get down there, uh, get down to Georgetown. Now I visit that campus once ever. Like I, I fully intend on trying to get down there at some point in the next, in the off season or in the early parts of next season. Cause you know, Cooley being there, it just makes it more interesting. There's real reason for 
hope and that something might change. But we'll see. These are two programs that have just become rudderless. And to change that takes a lot of work. So there is no guarantee. I'm not going to sit here on this podcast and tell you that both of these coaches are guaranteed to get these programs into the NCAA tournament. And they're guaranteed to get them back in the rankings. They should. They have the credentials to do so. But that league is good. And it only gets more competitive in the current era with NIL and the transfer portal to get these players. Now, it can happen. Let's just wait and see if it does. Cooley is set up. There's also Cooley is uh, is really good friends with Kevin Willard. So now you've got two guys that used to, that were, you know, Cooley at Providence. Willard was at Seton Hall. Now they're in the same recruiting territory overall. That'll uh, that will be interesting that there's there's some fun stuff going on there. And I'm this just popped to me in real time here. Can Cooley and Willard get this get this Maryland Georgetown thing happening back on an every year basis? If there are two coaches that I think are wired to do it and overcome all the nonsense and the ridiculous barriers to that, it's probably those two because they're simpatico. Like they're they're competitors and they're going to go after it and they're going to have recruiting battles. Can we make that a game again, please? Can we just get that every November or December or even? I'll do it one better. If the Big East schedule and the Big Ten schedules allow now, it's going to be tough because of the league schedules. Can we just get that? Can we get that as a bonus in the middle of January? Just give us Hoyas versus Terps in the middle. Let's go. Let's make this happen. So great stuff um, on the on the trail uh, coming from from Cooley and uh, and Georgetown. Well, I'll be interested to see who he brings on his staff there. Um, Nada, do we have a Providence question in the chat? I thought I might have seen someone. Uh, I saw you star a couple of there. Who's the front runner for the Providence job? I, I don't know, to be honest. I, I'll tell you this. As we speak right now, Monday afternoon, Providence's athletic director is making the calls on some guys. And I saw a couple people report out Kim English's name at George Mason. Um, Bobby Hurley would make sense. If I'm Providence, although I think it's a moonshot, I still see if I might get Micah Shrewsbury's attention because... His name is as hot as ever. Um, feel like there was one more name that got floated to me earlier on Monday with Providence, and it's just not springing to mind at the moment. I also go Matt after Langle? like say say it again, Matt Langle. I was just about to say I try and get Matt Langle. Temple's messing around right now. Temple should have Matt Langle, and if it doesn't move on him quickly, like does Penn State? If I'm Providence, yeah. John Becker at Vermont, he's gotten it done. They're going to have good options, but it's going to be weird. And on this note, Providence fans, and the whole and all that's coming, it's, it's going to be weird. It will. I I understand if PC fans are really ripped up right now, like ripped up emotionally, uh, frustrated, ripped up, and in, in downright anger, because Big East, that's double round robin. He has to go back in that building at some point next season, and. I am hopeful that by the time that game comes, and if the Big East is prudent about this, the Big East should put that game on the back end of the schedule. Let, you know, it can do whatever it wants, but I would, I, first of all, maybe he has Georgetown rolling and it. it's actually a game that has some, some significance to it, but don't have Georgetown and Ed Cooley walking in in one of their first one or two road games in the Big East playing at Providence. I, I, would, I would avoid that if you, if you can. I would hope that whenever the game does happen, that Providence fans will, you know, not try and jeer the man out of the building. Now that that may happen regardless. That fan base is belovedly psychotic, and I say that as a as a compliment there. But yeah, this is 
This is high drama in this conference. And for the Big East, just continues to thrive in all sorts of ways. People are talking about you in all sorts of ways. You got viable Final Four contenders. You got big-time coaching changes. And we'll wait to see what happens on Providence's front. But... It's uh, it's been a busy, it's been a busy, busy Monday as expected. But this has gone the way that people thought it would. Cooley ultimately he got up the gumption, man. He said, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go take this on. I'm gonna follow in John Thompson, Big John's footsteps and try and restore Georgetown to what I think it can be." So, how about that, man? It is uh, it is something, something else. You got anything for me, Nada? Well, we got a couple other ones that are kind of interesting. Uh, Ricolas Cage, really nice name. Any whispers about uh, the Texas Tech job for the head coaching position? Um, yes, but I got a couple of names that I don't want to say on a podcast. Uh, one of which will not go there, but it was at least an intriguing. It was an in, intriguing name, um, but I still wonder if they're not going to go Paul Mills or Grant McCaslin. Uh, Mills, the season is done. McCaslin's still alive in the NIT. I think both would be good hires, frankly, overall. Um, so keep that in mind, um, but that might take a little bit longer here. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're going to have resolution on Texas Tech by the end of the week. What else? There again, people have largely brought up in the chat Bobby Hurley, um, our friend David in the chat, who's there normally. It, will they sand the court in Queens? <laughs> will they sand the? No, they they should not, and they will not. There will be. No sanding the court in Queens. Uh, I am seeing a question here from uh, from David asking, will, will Golden Gate Mike sue St. John's for wrongful termination? Yeah, I fully expect that as well. That's the other offshoot with uh, with all of this there. Um, you know, it ended with Mike Anderson. They're trying to fire him for cause. He's going to fight that. My guess is St. John's will lose that, and Mike Anderson will get his money. That is my guess right now as we as I survey this scene. I think Golden Gate Mike will uh, will be will be getting will be getting the bag even after getting even after getting fired there. But I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, we still have more. Like, I guess I can tour through this real quick for you. Um, since this is coaching stuff. And we will do a carousel episode as we do every year. Like, once we get out of the tournament or sometime, it is going to come. Um, uh, Cal is still interviewing some folks. I think Cal will call Randy Bennett and see if they can get him. Um, and if they don't, I won't be surprised. Um I've been told they might be targeting a minority. And if that's so, Stan Johnson, LMU, maybe, maybe. I think they could do much worse than that. Uh, Texas is interesting at the moment because Rodney Terry has a team in the Sweet 16. If I'm Texas, and you're about to scheme up against Sean Miller. And one game should not decide it. Why not Rodney Terry at this point? I I think there's a real case to be made there. But Chris Del Conte is, you know, from what I'm hearing, he might be still taking a few moonshots there. But I will say this, if, if Texas gets even one more win, and that, one more win is significant. It adds on to the, the, the resume we've seen. If Texas gets the Elite Eight, just you know, give Rodney Terry the job. Just announce it but even before they, they play, that, play that regional final thing, get past Xavier. That's what I would do. Um, but we wait and see. We wait and see on that. Wichita State, there's a whole bunch of names out there right now. Um, oh, anything else? There's just a couple small jobs that will probably close in the next 72 hours. What do you got? Mike Bray. Because we have that. Those okay, I'll tell you this right now. So, yeah, Mike Bray was reported earlier on Monday that he's going to USF. Um, I think that is very viable. I don't think that is done yet. So keep keep an eye. I think that could be it could be done on Tuesday, but I don't know. I 
There's another name that I will not put on this podcast. I got to be careful what I can disclose and not. Another name that's apparently involved at USF that I was told just to to be aware of. So, so we'll see on that. I, I think know. it's time for us to go now. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. This was an emergency pod. Just me. GP's flying. We'll have a Tuesday Sweet 16 preview. Look ahead. If you want to know about all this coaching stuff, by the way, I do an updating carousel post at cbssports.com. Let's link that in the pod description so that people can tour through the jobs that have been closed and what has not been closed. And I think that's pretty much it. Thank you to everyone. Numbers continue to be great. I guess everyone liked the uh, the reaction pods. We're going to continue to do that. So after every night, late night pods, but you'll have it if you if you want it in your phone the next morning, that's the most important thing. You wake up. Hey, guys talked about it late last night. It's waiting for me right here. So thank you. Continue to spread the word. A lot of people found me in Albany. Thank you to everyone who did. It was um It was a pleasure to meet so many of you, and uh, thank you for continuing to listen to the pod. It's our pleasure to do so. I'm Matt Norlander. Kanata Edwards, Nada, produced this episode. We will talk to you again on Tuesday with a preview of the Sweet 16. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.